0: Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast for the Northern Trust 2020 from TPC Boston, the very first event of the 2020 FedEx Cup playoffs. We are going to get into all the action, talk about the favorite guys we like, what to do up top, some key stats that you're going to need to know, bubble boys for the FedEx Cup, how to manage your bankroll for the next three weeks. We're going to talk about our sportsbook picks. There's some juicy numbers in the sports book markets right now. We're going to give you a couple top 10s, some top 20s, obviously outright bets as well. We're also at the end going to tell you who on the PGA Tour we think would make the best president of the United States as a PGA Tour player and why. We're also going to read some of your suggestions from Twitter, which were a little amusing. And we're going to give you three stats that we would like to know about each other's daily life. What I would like to know about Pat, what well, he would like to know about me. You're going to have a little fun with that one. We uh, hope you guys enjoy it. As always, the podcast is brought to you by our friends at FantasyNational.com TJ. Head to FantasyNational.com TJ to get 20% off any subscription plan that you choose over there, weekly, monthly, or annually. It is the nonstop stat solution, stat engine, model builder, ownership tool, whatever you need to play fantasy golf or gamble on the PGA tour is at fantasynational.com slash TJ twenty percent off. Check it out and enjoy the show.
1: We're the Podcast juice, you gotta have a oh. special guest, DFS, DB, in them long shot pets. Oh, yeah. From Custard
2: to Sawgrass, we got your pets, we got your stats. Kids are bust, kids sips and rolls, lay with pets. Mm. Tour, tour,
0: tour, junkies. What's going on, Golf Addicts? It's the Tour Junkies Podcast, the Northern Trust, the first event of the FedEx Cup playoffs. I'm your host, David Barnett. How's it going, Pat? Pat Perry. You doing all right, bud? Yeah, I'm good. Did you almost like forget my last name for a second there? It's like no, you had to remind no, yourself, no, Pat. At all. Pat Perry. Not at all, sir. I would never. You're not a forgettable guy. You know who is forgettable? Jim Herman. Jim that's what that's unforgettable. Yes. Jim Herman winning last week at 500 to 1, but hey, we said it. We said, listen, Anybody could freaking win this thing. I said Davis Love won at five hundred to one five years ago. Now I did not predict Jim Herman would win. Yeah, but uh, he came up and took it from Billy Ho and Siwoo Kim and our boy Doc Redmond, who we had a seventy to one ticket on. Jim Herman, he just comes out of nowhere every couple years and wins a golf tournament. Hand
1: it to him. I mean, he's got three victories now, which is two more than Tony Finau, and they're actually in le- yeah. legit tournaments, not just like an off you know field event like Puerto Rico. So.
0: He reminds me of, uh, Jim Herman reminds me of like a gastroenterologist. I was thinking CPA. CPA is too easy. Like he's kind of a gastroenterologist. He's just Mm. kind of a guy who decided to go to school to study esophaguses and buttholes and intestines. But he's a super nice guy and he's like Mm. a deacon at his church. And he can just golf his ball very accurately, you yeah. know, and and drop a lot of putts.
1: He actually hit some pretty cool shots down the stretch. He
0: did that thirty-four foot driver that got thirty-four <laughs> yeah. feet up in the air on eighteen. Holy sh- balls! That was an incredible. He shot. gives
1: me confidence that some, you know, that like I could actually, you know, not hit a shot like he can hit a shot, but I mean, you see a guy like that play so well on tour, and you're like, okay, well maybe i can do something like maybe i need to be trying to trying to emulate jim herman i mean stop stop worrying about you know uh ricky fowler or or whoever else like i mean that's who i need to emulate you know that's what i think
0: sure man if that's what you want to do i think there's (laughs) i think there's other options i mean you don't have to go all the way to fowler or matt wolf or whatever you could just you could just there's probably something between that and Jim Herman, the a Kevin Dr. Strulman, Herman, you know. Kevin Strillman, maybe. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's something yeah. between that and Dr. Herman. All right, that is all that we were gonna talk about the Wyndham Championship tonight because it is the FedEx Cup playoffs as we mentioned. I've got my podcast juice. I'm almost out. I'm gonna finish it tonight. That's that's all I got left right here in the old wild leap Vi- Hey, hey, cheers. Cheers. Yeah, buddy. I'm gonna finish cheers. this off
1: myself. Um that's all I got left. You can't Look at that.
0: Man, we good. timed that nicely. Yeah, yeah. It. It just came out of the freezer, you know. A little Wild Leap vodka yeah. from our friends at Wild Leap. Thanks to them, um, I got. But I got, I got plenty right here in this old, in this old trusty podcast juice liquid holder. You yeah. know what I mean? Also known as a cup.
2: Mm. Mm.
1: I feel like you have all these different TJ Yeti drink, you know, these Yeti things. I don't have any of them.
0: That's because I work with people that know how to make vinyl stickers, so I just mm. get them to make me stuff. Nice. Um, Good job. So, I'm okay. sorry. Hey, uh, we are going to very quickly get into the course breakdown. Two quick announcements. Number one, a lot of people seem to have missed this last week. I didn't realize how many people subscribe to the Chalk Bomb and don't listen to the podcast, which I don't understand. Um, but allegedly, or apparently a lot of them. So, new Chalk Bomb and blog structure that went into effect last week. The only thing in the Chalk Bomb email from now on will be the the intro right up on the golf course on how to approach the week the head-to-head matchups the chalk bomb itself obviously which is the cornerstone piece of content and then pontificate with pat that is the only thing remaining in the chalk bomb the 10 key stats and my big balls betting card will be leaving the chalk bomb and now living on the tourjunkies.com website for free that you can view okay The 10 key stats, my Big Balls betting card, will both be out on Tuesday. And uh, then you'll want to check back on Wednesday at the betting card once it's finalized. The Tuesday betting card version will be like, here's who I'm looking at, but I haven't narrowed it down yet. You might want to jump on some of these numbers now in case they get shorter. Um, But then Wednesday, I'll finalize the card. Then also on Wednesday, you have Pat's Fantasy Golf Smiley article coming out and my new article, which will finally debut this week, The Pivot Point, where I discuss uh, very popular picks and where we can pivot in GPPs to get some leverage and why. I apologize, none of that happened last week. Last week on Tuesday night, I got ill, and then on Wednesday, I woke up and I felt terrible. I got a COVID test. Me and you both got a COVID (laughs) test last week. Yes. (laughs) Both negative, but uh, it sucked. You self-administered your test, which I, I... I tweeted this, and it still blows my mind that Pat can self-administer his own COVID test, yet he can't really come up with an IG story for Instagram. But but he can, I I cannot imagine, I did not self-administer mine. I had a girl shove those things up my nostrils, and it, it was extremely uncomfortable, and I can't believe you did that by yourself.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, I was. I kind of shocked myself a little bit too. And as I mentioned to you on the phone, if you self-administer, it's probably worse because you immediately start to think, "All right, I can't give myself a bad test, right? Like I don't want to just like barely nudge it up there, you know. Otherwise, you got to you got to commit. You really got to commit. So then you, you probably shove it up higher than you should, just because you're like, okay, I got to do this right." It was it was awful. I, it, I I think uncomfortable. By the way, is the right word that you just said. It's not painful. It's not like it's, it's not, extremely it's,
0: uncomfortable. It's though. just uncomfortable,
1: and your yeah. eyes start watering because I think you're hitting <clears throat> nerves and Ugh. stuff up there. Like oh my gosh. Anyway, at least we. Were so that's negative. what happened
0: last week. Won't happen this week. Last little thing we got to tell you about before we get into the course breakdown is we have a new segment on SiriusXM Radio. On the Tony Bruno show, the legend, Tony Bruno. Did you know that Tony Bruno was with Mike Golick on ESPN in the mid-90s before Mike Greenberg? That was When Tony really? Bruno left ESPN, that's when Mike Greenberg became the second Mike of Mike and Mike. How about hmm. that? A fun fact. Tony Bruno, legend of the radio game, been doing it a long time, and he is going to start having us on his show every Wednesday at 4.20 p.m. Eastern. He's live from 3 to 6 on the Dan Patrick Radio uh, channel on SiriusXM, channel 211. So channel 211 starting this Wednesday. Every Wednesday at 420, me and Pat will be on the Tony Bruno show uh, giving some last-minute thoughts and advice for the golf tournament that week, talking a little golf with Tony. If you have SiriusXM, please go give give it a listen. Tune in. We would appreciate it and engage with the show. We're really excited about that. Yeah. And uh, just to do that with Tony Bruno, Tony Bruno is, uh, is quite humbling, humbling to say the least. So we're excited about that. Check that out this week. Pat, that's all I got. Let's get into the golf course this week. We've got 125 golfers, so we got a little less to talk about in terms of golfers, a little less to go through anyway. But the first event of the FedEx Cup at a new but not new venue, TPC Boston, what do we need to know about the golf course
1: all right so yes as you said this is the Northern Trust this week we are in Norton Massachusetts that's that's, that's not really good Boston Boston Norton just outside of Boston
0: anyway um, actually <laughs> I learned this today closer to Providence Rhode Island than Boston Wow did you know that yeah I'm full of I'm full of little tidbits tonight yeah. it is 20 miles from Providence Rhode Island but 30 from Boston
1: okay. Well, I so still when you're call it a suburb weather. of Boston.
0: Yeah, yeah. When you're checking your weather, you need to think through that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, TPC Boston is a par 71. It is playing just over 7,300 yards. Um, it is, as you mentioned, the first playoff event this year. We'll only have three with 125 players. Top 65 in ties will still make the cut this week, and we're going to get it down to Uh, 70 players that will advance to next week's tournament. It is an honor. Palmer design with a Hance facelift back in 2006. Sexy. Yeah,
0: yeah, it is. That's Uh, a sexy combination.
1: It really is. It is. Bentgrass greens this week, and I think they're going to run pretty quick, about 11 to 12 on the stint meter. Fairways are Princeville. Have you ever heard of that before? Princeville grass? Yeah. Never heard of that.
0: Like uh, like when Doves
1: cry, Bill? I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I've never seen that. Anyway, huh. Kentucky Bluegrass rough with Fescue. Uh, you should see, I think, a good amount of scoring this week. We have in the past on this course. This used to be the Dell Technologies slash Deutsche Bank. Uh, it was one of the first events of the playoff that they cut out back in 2000, well, last year. So, really, when you're looking at your history here, it's from 2018 and before that. We have good course history but it was it, it starts in 2018 and then backs up from there. So that's something that's important. Don't be looking at you know the Northern Trust for the last few years because they, they didn't play this course. Um, one of the things that these guys are definitely going to have to score on is the par fives. you got three par fives on this course. two are less than 550 yards and they yielded a ton of Eagles and birdies uh, the last time they were here in 2018. So you got to score on these par fives this week. Uh, the fairways are relatively easy to hit. I think there is definitely a theme that the Bombers are going to have, as they always do, a very good advantage on this course. Um, but I am looking at stroke scan approach. The greens aren't huge, so I still think you got to be good with your irons this week. Um, I'll be looking at that. I'll be looking at off the tee, as I mentioned. I'll be looking at putting on bent grass greens. I think that's important as well in par-5 scoring. Looking at past champs, I'm going to mention the ones at TPC Boston. Uh, so not yep. for the northern Trust. So we had Bryson in 2018, JT in 2017. Rory has won his second title here in 2016, Fowler in 15 and Chris Kirk in 2014. So that is your quick rundown for the Northern Trust this week. Uh, anything you want to add, DB?
0: From Boston a lot a lot of people on the YouTube live comments not approving of your Boston accent whatsoever, <laughs> including our, our friend Nita who apparently is from Boston. She says our accents need some work. It, you got Can you say like park the car? Park the car. Can you go park the Ka- car in the yacht?
1: Oh, I just What, a, what
0: is uh, What a wicked What a wicked uh, strain of grass that is. That how about dim
1: apples? How about dim apples? <laughs>
0: <laughs> is that Boston? <laughs> I
1: don't know, it's from the movie um What's the movie with a uh, smart guy? He was played a smart guy um Oh, come on! You saw it. It was a great movie. Um, Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. He he hands um, he hands the uh, the phone number in the window, and he tells the the dude, "Hey, how about them apples? I got her number."
0: Uh, uh yeah. I don't remember that movie. I was like nine when that movie came out. It was know. a good movie, really good movie. Um, well, you know, you're talking about you're talking about the uh, the last few. Dell Technology Open champions with Bryson, JT, Rory. Ricky's one here. I think your scoring's going to look similar as well, around 15 to 17 under, which is what happened there, because I think conditions are going to be about the same. Uh, Looks to be pretty dry, not a lot of rain. Ball should run a little bit. Wind is a big defense here at this golf course if it gets going, but it doesn't look like it's going to be that bad right now. So it could be just kind of warm, dry, which is a recipe for... Sweaty, wick, wicked sweaty balls. Because if you got yeah. wicked sweaty, bo- sweaty balls in Boston, you're gonna need some Chill Boys underpants. And the mm. underpants that we like to use are the Chill Boys underpants because they got the anti-chafing slide zone, and it keeps your balls from chafing in in the Boston heat. I think that's pretty good, actually. That I love bad. Mark Wahlberg. That really, I'm a huge bad. Mark Wahlberg fan. So Th- I just that was I, good, I was just hoping
1: you weren't gonna do the entire ad. Like, yeah, like no, finish it out. Yeah, regular. Our boys
0: TV. at Chill Boys, they're from Minnesota, Minnesota, which is a little different than Boston. You just okay. kind of like anyway, combined Combine two. Yeah, I may have combined them. Um, they're Chill Boys underwear from Minnesota. They are amazing. We've been wearing them uh, for the last few weeks now. I've thrown out a bunch of old boxers that had like holes in them and they were not looking good. Um, and you know what? I got I got to tell you, I don't want to get too personal here because I know we got some ladies in the YouTube chat, but you know I've, I've been a briefs guy since like i don't know like i was 16 right mm-hmm. but but before that there was like this little period of time when i was a teenager i wore boxers it was like cool to wear boxers you know i don't know why nobody ever saw them but um it was cool well they sent us a pair of boxers that are that bamboo material really yeah, really nice, soft and it? breathable it's nice and i gotta be honest I I am wearing those a lot. I like they, they those, feel yeah very special. Well, you they know feel very special. I'm
1: older, so I'm gonna like those better. But
0: yeah, and but the, also very, the cooling
1: uh, the cooling ones that, that are made out of like the you know whatever yes. material. All but. of
0: them are cool and yeah. comfortable, yeah. very soft. Um, so yeah, head over to Chillboys.com to see the full line of the soft boxers and boxer briefs. Use code Tour Junkies. To save 15% off your first order, we got a couple big deals for people tonight. 15% off, not no measly 10, and not just off of one product, but off the entire order. 15% off your entire order. Head over to ChillBoys.com and use code TourJunkie. Save that 15% off. Thank us later. Listen, I, I, I got to be honest with you. The if anything, just go, just go buy the the boxers, not the briefs, but buy the boxers with the bamboo for nighttime. And thank me later you know what i mean Mm -hmm. just that's gonna be good um yeah other than that on the golf course pat you know i'm with you i think uh obviously you got three par fives here on this par 71 so a couple of them are gettable one of them's pretty long the par threes are playing pretty long here fairways pretty easy to hit pretty easy to hit i think Uh, this is all about your approach shots putting on these bent grass greens which can be tricky and tend to be pretty quick um, And other than that man I like the bombers. I like distance yeah, here. I it's... like distance and I like approach. Um, I'm just you're gonna you're gonna notice a theme with who I pick. I want bombers in form this is a tough field we got to remember this field is equivalent to like a major championship field. this is a strong field the cream typically rises to the top. Bryson when he won here was a hundred to one other than that, Hmm. Most of the winners here have come out of the 20-1, to 30-1, or le- or shorter um, odds. I mean, you look at JT, Rory, Ricky in 2015. Those are all shorter odds, guys. The cream's going to rise to the top here. You need in-form guys who are ready to score, be aggressive on the holes they can be aggressive on, that vomit and the iron plays are tuned in right now. I, I think that's kind of where we go. You know, the bubble boy thing is something to think about. The only the top seventy after the FedEx Cup points reshuffle uh, comes Sunday night. Only the top seventy are gonna advance to next week's BMW Championship, where there is no cut. You're guaranteed a lot more money. Uh, You you got a chance to play for East Lake. Getting to East Lake is a big deal. Not just not just if you win, but you're automatically in every major. There's all these other exemptions that go along with it. I think the last place finisher at East Lake gets like three hundred grand or something. I mean it's a it's a deal. So guys who are wanting to position themselves and are on the bubble, I think is worth potentially just to look at if it's a true tiebreaker. Um, I don't think you get too bogged down in it, but if you've got two people and you just really can't decide and all things are equal, ownership's equal in terms of DFS, but there's a little more incentive for one guy over another to really come out and play good this week to advance, I I think that is something to look at. Um, Also this week... Being the last full field event of the season and the last one we'll have for the next three weeks, you know, I don't know about you personally, but in terms of DFS, my bankroll will be at full full go this week and likely scaled back next week and at Eastlake, uh, probably be ramping up the outright uh, you know the sports book exposure, um, maybe maybe bringing some units from DFS over into the sports book to to tackle that that's just kind of how i like to manage it i don't like playing DraftKings a whole lot in these no cut limited field 70 man fields 30 man fields just you lose a lot of opportunity for leverage there so you're probably i think you're in agreement with that right
1: yeah i'll definitely agree with that so so just man things to we had so. some close ones last week too we did i did hit a first round lead we did hit harold <laughs> but mm-hmm. had to split it by the way, can yep. we talk just real quick about that? Because that was funny. Like, you you were like, so I'm sweating this thing. I get Harold Varner. I've got him at, I think, 66, 70 to 1, whatever it was. And 66 I'm sweating. To one. 66 to 1. And he goes out, shoots eight under in the morning. I'm sweating this thing. And all of a sudden, like, so DB's getting involved, and Ben's getting involved, and we're on the text group together. And, it, like, like we're all partners. We're partners in a business here and, <laughs> and things. And we're trying, to, like, like, we're supposed to pull for each other. No! Not for me, no. Hoagie goes and chips in on seventeen. Like David's like, oh, he's probably gonna bogey here. He's got a tough chip, and he's texting me. I think he's probably trying to just get me worked up and everything. And then Hoagie freaking chip, chips in to go to nine under, and and, and David's laughing because he he texts me like how much he's laughing and chuckling to himself. Oh, uh, really? Well, I
0: truly was laughing.
1: And you know, so ends up where he does bogey, but then Ronald Sloan – Ronald Sloan, whatever his name is. Is he Jerry, for president? Jerry Sloan. I don't know. Roger Sloan. Roger
0: Sloan. <laughs> anyway. Jerry Sloan. Um,
1: he's in basketball, isn't he? Anyway, so then yes. then Sloan, birdies 17, and so he gets in the mix, and he's got a good shot for birdie on 18. So there's just all this chatter going back and forth, and finally I do end up you know hitting it and splitting it three ways. But it was kind of <clears throat> yeah. funny, and I was – not happy with oh i had
0: a great time you were you were so pissed um yeah that was a good hit i mean it, it helped you helped us uh helped you break even on the sportsbook side <laughs> it last week break which even. is good
1: that
0: was it. but that's what happens when you bet uh, that's what happens when you bet a you know a mid to short range guy you're gonna get a split you're gonna get a uh you know a split pot a lot on first round leaders that's why i like going deep on the first round leaders give me yeah. the give me the 100 to ones baby yeah well anyway all right all right you ready Let's get into the picks. We're going to start with uh, DraftKings picks. Let's, uh, let's talk about the 9K and above range. Three GPP or tournament plays, a cash play, and a fade. Uh, I'm going to go with the two at the top. I like Justin Thomas. I like Bryson DeChambeau uh, for obvious reasons. I talked about Inform, Bombers. Both have won in the last four tournaments they played. Um, obviously, both bombers. Uh, Bryson's irons, iron play, wedge play, a little concerning, but coming back here as a champion, last time we saw TPC TPC Boston, obviously confident, uh, geared up for the FedEx Cup playoffs, and I love the bomber here, so I, I, I'm not going to avoid JT and Bryson. Uh, I'll probably have every lineup start with one of those players. Uh, that's probably where I'm going to go. Uh, just just loving those boys here. Don't care about ownership. Going to play him either way. And then I'm going to go with Morikawa, another guy I don't care about ownership. I, I'm, I don't really care here. But Morikawa, not really a bomber, but plenty long. I mean, long enough. He's 290, 300 off the tee. But we saw what he did at the PGA. I mean, he just doesn't miss screens, doesn't miss fairways. Um, his be- One of his better putting surfaces is bent grass. He sucks on Bermuda, uh, so he gets to come play bent grass just don't care about the price for 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 any of, or the the ownership or price for any of these three guys i love the win equity i love the form i love the uh, the course fit here for for those three the last guy that i like in this range and you can interchange him but i th- i think he's the obvious cash play if you're going to play cash a 50-50 game or a double up and that is jason day at 9300 you can't argue with a t4 t6 t4 and t7 his last four tournaments that he's played, um, he's also got a pretty good course history here. When you look at uh, overall strokes gained at TPC Boston through the years, he plays this place pretty well. Obviously, an incredible putter um, and checks all the boxes. And he's 9300. I think he'll be chalky as well. But in cash, don't think it matters. I think you start there with Jason Day, and uh, and and you roll with it. Um, he's got. He did miss the cut in 2018 here at TPC Boston, but before that. A 25th, a 15th, a 12th, a 7th, a 13th. He loves this place. And my fade, I'm going to go with a bold fade here. Since I gave you some chalk, I want to go with a bold fade a um, in this range. Now, I could say, what's that?
1: I have a feeling I know where you're going, but I could be wrong.
0: Well, you know, if I'm going with the I want the Bombers, then I'm going to fade Webb Simpson. That's what I'm going to I'm going to fade Webb here. You know, um, but here's the thing, too. Like, Webb has shown that he doesn't play this place very well. Here are his last four finishes at TPC Boston: 49th, 75th, miscut, and a 44th. So rough course history, um, distance an issue, and Webb's not not short. He's not as short as he used to be. Actually, I think he's gained. I think he's gained some distance. But um, I want the I want the I want the long ball this week, and Webb does not quite give me that. Uh, and I think he'll be pretty. I don't know. Maybe he won't be. Maybe everybody'll say, Oh yeah. Uh, Let's fade the short knockers, too. I don't know. He doesn't putt as well on bent. It's his worst putting surface as bent grass. So I'll gladly fade Webb Simpson here, and that is my 9K and above range.
1: Okay, well, there's some agreement, but there's also some major disagreement. I will say, by the way, Morikawa, I don't have him listed. I like him, though, but I also like him at, at 25 to 1. That's just, I think, way too long for him he's like he's a fifth ranked play in the world right now i mean i don't know yeah. I, I just that number is, is it's lost. a big
0: field though it's a stacked field
1: yeah but still uh just the way he's playing but i am totally with you on bryson dechambeau he is my top gpp play at 11-1 mm. for all the reasons that you said like him or not this is a good course fit for him he obviously won it the last time he played here. Um, you talk about bombers, he's he's a different bomber now than he was in 2018 when he yeah. won. So, yeah. I mean, you, you take all of that and, and put the way he's doing, you know, playing right now, I mean, I think he's just a total lock. I, I love him in tournaments, so I will play him. I have Jason Day listed as a GPP play. I, now, I could see Cash, but yeah, whatever. Totally. I like him as a tournament play for all the same reasons, um, just the way he's playing right now. He's number two in the field and putting on bent grass greens over the last 100 rounds, so he's definitely comfortable there. So I like that. My last GPP play is actually Patrick Cantlay at 9200. I think he's going to be. True. I think he's going to be lower owned. You oh. know, he's yeah. like he's going to give me a super headache all week probably. We didn't see him play that well in the PGA. He did make the cut though and, and came God, back. He killed
0: me in the PGA.
1: But he, you know. He's played well here, though. He finished top twenty-five in 2018. He was T-13 in 2017. Um, you know, you look at the stats. Obviously, he's pr- plenty long out here. He's 24th in the field in approach, 26 off the tee, 22nd in birdie or better percentage, number one in the field in par five scoring. I mentioned that was something that I was I was looking at in the in the course breakdown. So I like Cantlay, and I think his ownership's going to be low. I, I, I do. I think when you got a yeah, day too. around him. You know, you got – I don't even know. Kepka might even be higher end than Cantlay. I don't know. Maybe not. But, no. Um,
0: but still, no. I just think he's, he's – Not after last week.
1: Probably. Maybe.
0: But anyway. Yeah, I, I do think you're going to get some leverage with Cantlay for sure. Yeah. God, he irritated the piss out of me last mm. – at the PGA. So, um. Um, but my cash play is actually
1: your fate, and that's Webb. I think getting him – we're getting him at 9,500. I understand all wow. the reasons you said, and that was why I actually looked at him and I wondered – you know, what I'm going to do with him. But I think with a guy like Webb, he's playing differently now than if you're just looking back at his history here over the last few years. I mean, his his play right now is just elite in this, and he's an elite player in this field. I mean, I just feel like he is a good a guy that you can just plug in your lineup at 9500 for cash or get him a little bit cheaper than, like, you know, I do like day, by the way, in cash. So I can't really like, go against you on day for cash. But, you know, I just feel like, you know, Webb is, is just that consistent style player that can play well in this course. And you mentioned his history. Yes, it hasn't been great all that lately, but he did have a top ten back in 2014 when he was in better form than he's been over the last few years. Because you got to take into account the fact that he was struggling with that putter for a long time, you know, he, he couldn't do the long putter anymore and all that other kind of stuff. So I think that skews some of the history here. So I'm fine with playing Webb, and I like him in cash at 9,500. I do think his ownership is going to be relatively high. And if it's low, then, hell, I'll play him in tournaments no, too. I,
0: I think it's going to be a little low. I actually think it's going to be low. Yeah. He, he's only gained strokes – let's see. He's gained strokes tee to green at this golf course – twice two out of four trips um the one time he he gained the most tee to green he lost the most putting and that's the one miscut the other time he only gained about a half a stroke tee to green because his chipping was great but like ball striking here he is not great and I think it's because it's just a big golf course he's hitting a lot of long irons and he's a great long iron player and he's, he's you know he's a good hybrid fairway wood player but over 72 holes it's tough to keep up with the, with this elite kind of field this elite long kind of field you know yeah um, i mean
1: i i hear you i just think that i mean i, I don't know i mean i i don't think that you know the, the you know tpc harding park was a you know i mean that that played that was a big boy golf course he still finished okay there i mean i don't, i just don't think that it it's t- completely yeah, takes him out that, of the running
0: more of a premium in being in the fairway at T P C Harding Park though. Probably so. Much much different than this course, I think. Yeah. Anyway, um,
1: I don't I don't mind this. Right, well, if you want to play him in tournaments, you want to play him in cash, I don't mind at all. My fade this week, and this is more like self-serving, because I'm probably gonna end up putting him in some lineups, and that's Rory. <laughs> <Just> like, <God. laughs> I can't ever figure that damn guy out. But you know what? I mean you look at his 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 history here is obviously good because <laughs> he's won a couple times. He did miss a cut in 2017, and he was T12 in 2018, which is good. And I, I mean, everything points to him playing well here, but he's not playing that great recently. He just has—he's been very just blah. When you think of a guy that you're getting as the third highest-priced guy at 10.8, so I'm going to fade Rory. Um, but you know what's going to happen on Wednesday night? I'm going to put him in some damn lineups because that's what always happens. So well, maybe I'll do it.
0: I mean, just. Don't do it. The, the Irons the irons have been pretty poor yeah. with Rory. Yeah, no, they have. Um, historically, a better Bermuda putter than Bent. And, yeah, I mean, he just hasn't been able to put four together. That You know, thus mm-hmm. kind of the lackluster finishes. Um, you know, I think he'll be low-owned. If that's the, your only reason you want to play him, then you can do that. I mean, he's still Rory McIlroy. He's still an elite player, so... Uh, but he's definitely just not clicking at the moment so.
1: yeah I mean his putting too has just been terrible I mean since the restart he's lost strokes putting in every event except for well two but still I just I don't know <clears throat> I, I'm off I'm off Rory this week I, you need you need to like tell me on Wednesday like hey Pat you said you you said you're gonna fade Rory don't put him in a lineup just do what you said you're gonna do
0: okay I'll tell you I'll tell you that uh, let's get to the 8k range uh, there's three guys in this range I really like and I think you could uh, I think one I'm gonna stick to strictly playing in tournaments the other two I would interchange between cash and tournaments but uh, I'll start off with the tournament GPP plays I'm gonna go back to the well Tony Finau at 8800 inform bomber best surfaces bent um, Eight of his last twelve rounds, he's had in the '60s since the restart. He finished T four here last year, 24th a couple years prior to that. Uh, not last year, the last time they played TPC Boston. So I'm going to keep going back to Tony Finau, and I tell you, I said this at the PGA. I don't know if I said it on. I, said, I don't know if I said it in the recap last week, but Sunday at the PGA, I felt like he looked a little different. He looked like he was a little more ready to win. I think I at least I texted the group this. Yeah, I think UMA. you texted that. I agree. I agree with that. He just looked a little different, man. He, I mean, I think he came out, you know, knowing what he had to do and came out and shot a good number. Uh, other than the poor decision I think he made off the tee on 16 that day um, to try to draw a hybrid or fairway wood or whatever it was into that hole where just – I don't know why he just didn't hit a cut shot. He all, I don't know. Other than that, I, I really feel like he played very well. He putted well. He he attacked pins. He didn't look scared. He looked ready to go ahead and win and win a big one. Um i don't know i just saw something there with tony so i'm gonna keep riding the hot hand with female um and then i think i might get some leverage i don't know maybe he's getting talked up but i think i'm gonna get a little bit of leverage with hideki at 8600 <laughs> i'm gonna go back to hideki i had him in the pga finished 22nd in the pga it's it's, it's just a top 20 top 25 machine since the restart you're only paying 8600 for him um his best putting surface is bent grass, despite not gaining any strokes, but he loses strokes everywhere else. So he's coming to a surface that he's familiar with, that he's, that he's good on. Um, he hits it long enough. He's not a super bomber, but he hit, he's top third in this field in driving distance. And his irons are still really good. It just all comes down to the putter for Hideki. But the putter hasn't been super, and he's still pulling off 22nd, 20, 22nd, 21st place finishes with one blip on the radar at Memorial Uh, that played extremely difficult. So I like Hideki at 8,600, and I feel like he's going to be a little lower-owned. I feel like he is. Maybe not, but I think he is. And then for cash, i I got to go with my boy Daniel Berger, 8,900. I'm going to keep riding Berger. Now he doesn't putt as well on bent as I would like him to, Uh, but the ball striking is incredible. Um, What can you say about the form? It's incredible. I'm going to keep going with Burger. I think Burger and Finau are interchangeable cash plays in this range if you want to do a 50-50 or double-up lineup. But uh, those are the main three that I like. I just think I'll get a little more leverage in tournaments with a decky. My fade is going to be Justin Rose. Um, very spotty form. I mean, yeah. he's clearly all over the map right now, just not, not, not anything I can really trust. And I get that I'm getting a price break at $8,000 for a name like Justin Rose. But you were suckered into it last week, and he missed the cut. Yeah. You know, he finished ninth at the PGA despite hardly hitting any freaking fairways. He scrambled his British dick off. <laughs> and, and I don't – I just don't see that continuing to happen week after week. Now, he does come to a putting surface he likes, but even his course history is a little underwhelming. Like, it's not terrible, but it's just not – it's not great. It's not what you would think Justin Rose would have done here over the last five years or eight years. Like, it's just not great. So – I, I think he's a fade for me.
1: I think Rose, too, is like... I mean, if you look at, like, FedEx standings, he's like 109, 110, something like that. I feel like he just, he's just ready to kind of mail it in. Like, he's, he's so far yeah. off, like, that he's he'd ready... He'd have to have a huge week. Yeah, he just... He wants to take a break, and uh, I don't know. And like Again, you said, like you said, you don't want to put a whole lot of into the, the standings and whatever else, but I, I just... You know, he'd have to have a big week to make it to the next week, and... I don't know. not feeling them at all. Um, all right. Well, I'll start with where we agree, and that is the cash play. And I think, this again, it's just pretty obvious. Daniel Berger at, at
0: 8,900. I mean, you got to keep riding. You're, the... final, you're finally getting on the burger train with me.
1: I've been on the burger train all season long. Uh, I was on the, the burger like train. Not really feeling it. I was on the burger train back before the pandemic. We need to go check the tape. You need to go, like. We need to find some of the. We ways. we need
0: to hire an intern at TJ to, to be able to check the tape when we ask that.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyway, go ahead. Daniel Burger. It's always
1: good when you're listening like to some sort of like big time radio show, and you can say like check the tape, and then all of a sudden there's like a guy right right there that's like immediately plays a clip of Pat saying that he was on Burger for the <laughs> Arnold Palmer or some shit. Anyway, I like Adam Scott at 8400. You know, you didn't like him at the PGA, and I didn't. and he actually performed pretty well. He was the first one that I've called coming off of, you know, a, a long, long break that actually played fairly decent. He's played well yeah. here in the past. He's obviously he's won this tournament. I was way back in like 2003, but still, uh, he has one here. You look at the stats. He's 48th in approach. He's 37th in birdie or better percentage. Eagles gained, which is a little, you know, kind of off the wall stat, but you know these guys are going to make eagles this week on these par fives. He's in the top twenty in the field. He's tenth in greens in regulation. I think Adam Scott is a good play at eighty four hundred. I think he'll be certainly low owned. He's right there around Hideki. Like I think he could be a pivot point. You talk about your pivot point article. You know Hideki's right there. Paul Casey's right there in his his range. You know you got Fleetwood, who I don't. I'm actually he's my fade. Mm. Fleetwood's my fade at 8,300. I just, I've been Ooh. loving him. I've been loving some Fleetwood, but I, I just can't get on any of his, I mean, the, his iron play isn't hasn't been good at all. I mean, nothing. I mean, I mean, you look at par five scoring, it's not there. Green's and regulation. All the things that Tommy Fleetwood has been doing good for his entire career, he's not doing very good at all right now. I mean, he's doing it in spurts. We saw it at the PGA. He had some good rounds or, or one good round, and then, you know, just kind of, you know fizzled out at the end so fleetwood by the way just sort of transitioning into that is my fade at 8300 i don't mind fading tiger by the way at 8700 but that's
0: just you know, we can talk tiger he loves his golf course though. he does yeah what do you do with tiger he plays really well here he does i mean i i'm shocked at you because like you want to play tiger when he's 9400 at the pga in the cold weather And you don't want to play him now when he's in the eight K range. I think he's still going to be somewhat around that ten percent mark, Um, but he's got a great record here, and it looks to be warmer in Boston.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, I may play him. I'm I'm not as that's why Fleetwood's my. I'm more sold on fading Fleetwood than I am on.
0: You'll end up having all the Tiger and Rory lineups before (laughs) and and Fleetwood. You'll have Fleetwood too. Probably will. Uh, (laughs) Last week in the in the Nut Hut Listener League, by the way. Uh, in the Nut Hut Listener League, uh, I have determined the last few weeks that I would have a themed lineup just because I'm not trying to win the thing because that's it, for listeners. And last week I put in the all-Pat chalk team, all the guys that Pat loves to play, and it finished like DFL. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good promotion for the show, but I appreciate that anyway. <laughs> well, it was um, just a bad week. It was a bad week for your boys. It was actually good players. On paper, I was like, "Oh, this is actually these are good. These are good players." Well, there was there was a couple in there that I didn't even like for that
1: week. Like you had Patrick Rogers in there, which I didn't like.
0: No, no, no. It wasn't it wasn't for that week. It was just like when I see these names, I think of guys that Pat likes to play.
1: Gotcha. Okay.
0: Um, well, if you remember in back faith- in the day, like in the early days of the podcast, you used to you love some Patrick. Oh Rogers. yeah, he was. So now nice. it's kind of shifted to me a little bit. Like I kind of, but you used to love some Patrick I Rogers was in the a early days. Huge
1: day. fan. Huge fan. Um, yeah. Well, if you want to put a guy okay. that, that I have just loved all year in this in this in in your lineup this week, then go with Victor Hovland because he is my other GPP play. I like Victor Hovland this week. Screw all his scrambling stuff. Don't come at me with all the scrambling numbers. I don't care. I mean, the <laughs> guy is just – I mean, he's awesome off the tee. Approach, you know, birdie or better percentage, par five scoring, greens and regular – everything Victor Hovland does well, he's – I mean – he's he's got to win eventually i'm not saying he needs to win this week i mean he's i mean he's at 8200 so it's not like you have to have him win but i think he has tremendous
0: upside i won the puerto rico
1: well yeah i'm just saying you know this week
0: um i think it's an interesting week for him you got wide fairways so and he again hit a fairway regardless but And then you got large, slightly larger greens, so maybe he's not doing as much scrambling, and he's, you know, if the if the irons are off, he's doing more putting, lag putting. Yeah. Um, interesting week for Holland. I don't, I don't hate the Holland play.
1: So I like him at eighty two hundred. So there you go. Um, my my kind
0: of bonus there was Fino. I'm with you there. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, let's get to the seven K. But before we do, we got a lot of listeners here who are likely professionals who may hire people. And when you start the hiring process, you're gonna have questions. Your questions might be, will I find good applicants to choose from? What about education experience? And how will I know that I've made the right hire? Well, Indeed is here to help millions of great candidates use Indeed every day to find their next opportunity and you can post a job in just minutes. And use the screener questions, cre- screener questions, screener sound like me. <laughs> to help create your short list of applicants fast. Also, you can add skills tests to your job post. You can be confident in your applicant's abilities. Their library of more than 50 skills tests ranges from industry-specific skills like accounting to general aptitude tests like critical thinking. Indeed gives you the smart tools to make hiring decisions quickly and to be confident that you're making the right hire for your team. Post your job today at Indeed.com slash TourJunkies and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. That is Indeed.com slash TourJunkies terms and conditions do apply offer is valid until they tell you it's not valid so there you go thank you indeed for uh helping out the tour junkies they've they've uh been around for a couple months we appreciate them so if you're a professional, hop on it all right let's talk the 7k range pat uh will you start there so that i can go i need a little more mixer because if i fin- i'm about to finish this off and if i do I will mm. arrive to Planet Wild Leap. I'll be in the wilderness with Wild Leap very quickly good. and may not be able to edit the show.
1: Okay. All right. Sounds good. Um, so, you, you I start will start, start us camp. off and I am going to start us off at seventy eight hundred with my boy Matthew Wolf at seventy eight hundred. I love him this oh.
0: week i love matt wolf total agreement there actually freaking i've not loved matt wolf more at any golf tournament than i do right now i think
1: this is i love him
0: so much i could kiss him right now pre-tournament i could kiss him
1: yeah this is this is a great week for him and look i mean you look at his recent form i mean he was 22nd at memorial 12th at the at the 3m he had uh you know he was 49th at the wgc whatever we'll throw that out T4 at the PGA Championship at his last start, where he played really well. If he had just made some putts coming down the stretch, he could have been right there with his with his with this guy Colin. But he but he didn't. Um, but I mean, this is a great course fit for him. Uh, you look at the stats. I mean, he is. I mean, across the board, one of the top guys that I'm looking at. 18th in strokes gain approach. He is seventh and off the tee. Fifth in birdie or better percentage. 29th Eagles gained, 16th in par 5 scoring, 16th in greens and regulation. Like, literally everything. I mean, Matt Wolf is just the perfect fit for TPC Boston. I think he's going to have a great week. I don't think the ownership's going to be terribly high on him. We'll see when, when we start to look at that here on Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, but I love him this week, so I will play a lot of him and also bet him as well. I think he's going to be chalky. Yeah, God, I wish he wasn't. I think wasn't he's gonna be there. chalk. I wish he wasn't. Um, I'm still gonna ride the hot hand with uh, with Kevin with with old Kiz at 7600. Um, ben had him as a chalk bomb, and that didn't really work out too well last week. Um, that was the first like really failed chalk bomb in a minute. I think again, Kiz is one of those guys that just when when he's riding hot, you gotta you gotta just go with him. He is fourth in the field in putting on bent, so we know he puts well on the surface. Um, It's it's now. I know he's not the longest player out there, um, but he's still you know 58th long. in strokes. I mean, he's not long, but he's off. yeah. He's long enough. He's 58th in strokes gained off the tee, um, 25th in birdie or better percentage. I just think that you know the main thing for me with kids is just when I get him in good form or I see him in good form. That's when I want to play him. So I like him at 7600. My last guy, now you could probably predict this, and that is Alexander Norin. at 7,100. Now, there's several reasons you could look at playing him. Um, One being he putts well on bent grass greens. He's 13th in the field in putting on bent grass greens. Um, You look at his... Hang on, I got distracted by beeping in my ear. Um... (laughs)
0: putting anyway okay look at his you look at his last two
1: events he was t3rd at the 3m open he was top 20 at the pga championship um i just think that like this is another good spot for him he's also as you mentioned kind of a kind of a bubble boy and that was really where i was trying to find out where he was because he's right there yeah he's 78th in the field um or 78th in fedex cup points right now so he's got to have a good week if he wants to make it To the BMW Championship. So I think that's something you could look at as well for Alex Norin. So I, you know, that 7,100 number I think is really good for him. For cash, I'm just going Harris English at 7,600. I mean, the guy's just every week. He's solid every single week. That's a good price for him. I like Harris English and cash. And you know what? My fade is going to be freaking Siwoo Kim. You missed Siwoo Kim week. That's what happens if you just fall asleep because. Siwoo doesn't have a week, a good week every week. So if you didn't play him <clears throat> last week, you missed the week. You missed it. Well, he had a good week. Didn't he have a good week the week before, too? I don't care. You missed. I feel like you've now missed it. After what I saw Sunday, and he played fantastic on Saturday and everything else, I just feel like you missed Siwoo week. That's all.
0: It yeah, is. he finished 13th at the PGA, 18th at the Memorial. You missed it.
1: You missed it. He's done. (laughs) I
0: did miss it, and I usually do miss it with Siwoo. Me too. I usually do, because I'm rarely on him because he's so inconsistent. And what a dumb decision he made on number six or whatever it was. Um, But let me tell you guys something. God, I just wish. Maybe, Pat, we need to get – maybe we'll get – every time I see Siwoo, I laugh, because we've heard a couple of stories about Siwoo from Mm. our caddy friends that are freaking hysterical. And I would do anything to be able to share them with with some of the listeners. Maybe it's a nut hut share. Maybe we can trust the nut hutters to not I think go we out could and maybe, blast it. Yeah,
1: I think he, this is a nut. But hut, we I should think. talk
0: to our caddy friends about making sure we could pass some of this stuff. Because let me just tell you, seaweed is I really electric.
1: like C-Woom. He he is an electric. You're yeah, right. He is no other way to
0: Electric. Put it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I love seaweed, so, but I never get him right in DFS, and so I'm going to fade him this week yeah. and just feel like that I missed miss the opportunity to play him because I always do. And if I would have
0: said I liked him this week,
1: I know what was gonna happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Um is that is that it for you in the sevens? I
1: have a ton of side players that I would love to mention, but since we have to like keep it crisp, I'm yeah. not gonna mention them.
0: Yeah, we're not gonna do that. Um I'll start with my fade. My fade is basically American Justin Rose and it's Ricky Fowler. So instead of, you know, his uh, British dick, it's his American dick that's that's sucking right now. Very, uh, very hit or miss um, form, up and down, um, underwhelming course history as well. A lot like a lot like Rose. Yes, he's won, but that was in 2015. But even when you look at other years, it's nothing fantastic. Uh, he's not as long, considerable as relative to what he was in 2015. Um, i'm out on ricky uh, i don't i just don't think so and and i think in the sevens he's going to be popular people are going to want to play him in cash it's matt wolf for me love matt wolf all around cash tournaments whatever but i think in terms of if i thought about the this the play that i feel the best about the safest about in the 7k range it is wolf which is crazy to say but at this course with his form it's matt wolf um so he's a cash play for me but i would also play him in any any format. Uh, if I'm gonna <clears throat> try and get a little bit of leverage in tournaments, the three that I'm gonna pick, I'll start from the lower end. I'm gonna play Phil again. I've been feeling a little Phil Mickelson love uh, over the last couple of couple of weeks. Okay, finished second at the WGC St. Jude. Uh, didn't do so great at the PGA. I didn't. You know the PGA he misses fairways, so and, and that's very penal. Yeah. Not a, n- not as easy it's to not yeah. a good spot for him. Yeah, yeah, not as easy to miss fairways here. It's they're pretty wide, not as penal. Um he actually has great course history here, really good really good record here. Um and he's flashing some form and he's aggressive. Uh he's 67th in the FedEx Cup ranking, so he's a bubble boy. Right now he's inside the BMW for for next week, but he's a bubble boy. And I can't imagine as competitive as he remains to be, he wants to be a one and done in this year's FedEx Cup playoffs. So I think he's going to come to play, and I think a lot of people are going to be afraid to play him. And you got scoreable conditions here on a course that he knows very well, that he's played many times, and he's flashing some form. I think we could see a little magic out of Phil this week. So I like Phil, uh, and then I'm going to go right up, right up there with him at 7,300, and I'm going byung Hun An for the tee to green possibility that Byung-Hun-An brings, and we come to the putting surface that he putts the best on while still losing strokes because Byung-Hun-An equals uh, losing strokes on the putting surfaces, but he loses the least amount of strokes on bent grass greens. Coming off a 22nd at the PGA, 12th at the WGC, two stacked fields, two two decent, you know, I mean, tough golf courses, but scoring, you know, score when you have to kind of, kind of spots. The iron play, the greens and regulation play, solid, um, he's not a short hitter by any means. Top third of the field, really, in, in terms of distance. Uh, and at seventy three hundred bucks, I'll ride or die with the hot Byung Hun An. He also tends to score and make birdies when he uh, when he's rolling. So, and then so my you final. Mentioned,
1: though, you mentioned I couldn't like talk about my extras, but yeah. I, I can at least like confirm. Yeah. yeah. So one of my extras was Ben been on. So I'm, okay. I'm I'm gonna so if you if you mention one I'm gonna, I'm just gonna do a little check
0: mark on the screen of course. Okay, uh, the final GPP play for me is Cam Champ. Uh, bombers in good form, scoring. Uh, Cam Champ checks the box. You know, twelfth at the Rocket Mortgage, twenty fifth at the St. Jude, tenth at the PGA. Fell apart on Sunday. Now the putter concerns me. The putter always concerns you with Cam Champ, and he puts the worst on bent grass. That kind of sucks. But give me the distance, give me the strokes gained off the tee, the greens and regulation numbers in a short field where, you know, if you can get him through the weekend, he can definitely go out and have a low round of the day on a Saturday or Sunday. Um, So I like Cam Champ at 7,600. I I just think there's a lot of value in the sevens. You know, I I said that my my favorite plays in the top were JT, Bryson, Morikawa, all above the 10K number. And then, of course, Bryson and JT, the two most expensive players. So – Naturally down here in the seven 7K range, you know, it's guys like Champ, Phil, Bill Hun and who I think are really cheap and have a lot of upside and can compete in a golf tournament of this caliber. And Matt Wolf, who is expensive, but whatever. All right everyone, I hope you're enjoying the podcast thus far. We're gonna do a little something that we've never done before this week on the show because there is a new documentary coming out about Tiger Woods. The Tiger Woods that we want to let you guys know about. And we're even going to play about a six-minute preview clip to let you kind of get a taste of what's coming. And it's presented by our friends at Stitcher. It's going to be an awesome Tiger Woods documentary with some information you've probably never heard before. It's called All-American. And every season, the podcast will explore the journey of an iconic sports star. And this one starts with Tiger Woods. And we've all heard the story, a Crazy Ride to Success, A fall from grace, of course, the comeback, winning the Masters last year. Everybody loves a good comeback, but there is so much more to Tiger's story than a lot of us know. And despite the media coverage of Tiger over the past few decades, not many people have really gotten to know him. But All-American will reflect on Tiger's rise to greatness, what his iconic status means for American culture, and how we define sports heroes. You do not want to miss this show as a golf or sports fan, especially if you like documentaries or just a really good story. So here's an exclusive preview of the first few minutes of All-American, Tiger Woods, presented by Stitcher. So you can hear what it's all about. So take a listen. It releases August 20th. Check it out and take in the six-minute preview. We'll be right back.
1: What has been the most difficult adjusting? For me, the lack of privacy, the mm-hmm. loss of privacy. Mm-hmm. and Oh, you know, it's gone. I know. <laughs>
3: If you were sitting down to watch this Oprah interview in April of 1997, you probably already knew who Tiger Woods was. That's because earlier that month, Tiger won the Masters, a super iconic golf tournament. He was the youngest golfer ever to win it and the first Black American golfer to do so. After he won, the media went wild. Tiger was everywhere. He was on CNN. All the cheering for you. I think it's kind of crazy because I'm never- Interviewed during the NBA halftime show. Tiger Woods, he is standing by live with Ahmad Rashad. And, of course, like any huge star in the 90s, he did a sit down with Oprah.
0: That's tough because, and also a lot of the bad articles are written, mm-hmm. is that I didn't do anything to them personally. Mm-hmm. So why write something bad about me when you don't know me? Mm-hmm. And that's not fair. And unfortunately, a lot of people
2: like to take that angle just mm-hmm. because of uh, their own, I guess, selfishness.
1: Well, you know what What happens, and do you think this too, Mr. Woods? I mean, I, I, that, especially when you see an article like the GQ article that labels you the Messiah, you can't be labeled a Messiah without somebody then trying, the Messiah of, of sports or golf, without then somebody then trying to come along to show how you're not the Messiah. Exactly. So I think that's the way the media sets you up.
3: I'm Jordan Bell. I'm a senior producer at Stitcher now, but I was only six years old when this interview aired. Plus, I wasn't reading GQ at the time, so I didn't know much about what Oprah was talking about here, this media scrutiny tiger faced, until I met Albert Chen. He's a longtime journalist and now my co pilot for this series. Hey, Albert. Hey, Jordan. So, we first met in December of 2019 while you were still working at Sports Illustrated. And you'd been at SI for the better part of two decades, working as an editor and a writer, covering a bunch of different sports. Um, And last year, you even wrote a book about the world of online sports betting. Mm -hmm. Um, I did. Great. So how does it feel having your whole career summed up in like two sentences?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll take it.
3: (laughs) When I reached out to you, you know, I was really hoping you'd want to get involved with this series because... I knew you could give me some direct insight into the sports world, and when I first gave you my pitch for this show back in December, I thought it went pretty well. But um, I did recently find out that you thought this was a terrible idea for a podcast.
2: <laughs> well, i I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was a great idea. Okay, <laughs> um, you know, mainly because Tiger has been in the spotlight for so long that I kind of thought to myself what more is there to say about him? But as we were talking, you started asking questions that I just didn't have great answers for, even though I've been a part of the sports media machine for such a long time. Even the very simple question of what is the story of Tiger Woods? Is this a feel-good, inspirational story? Is it a cautionary tale? Is it even maybe a tragedy?
3: Right. And To be clear, going into this, the story that I understood from the media about Tiger Woods was that he was widely considered to be the best golfer, like, on the planet. And then in 2009, he had this massive sex scandal. Consequently, he wasn't able to perform at the level of golf he'd been playing. And he kind of fell off the planet for, like, 10 years. And then all of a sudden, in 2019— I get this push notification to my phone in the spring saying Tiger Woods won the Masters. And I was like, oh my God, this guy, he's back. I completely forgot about Tiger Woods. Um, and I got to thinking, are those few moments really just the whole story about Tiger Woods? And also, how do I know all this stuff about Tiger Woods when I don't even pay attention to him? <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, and the story of Tiger has been with us f- long before <laughs> Push notifications. You know, his life is just so full of contradictions. He's a multiracial athlete in a predominantly white sport with all of its racist history. And as a result, he's been propped up as this transformative figure.
3: Yeah. And yet, he's basically been absent from any real conversation about race in our country, even now in this really urgent moment.
2: Yeah. And, you know, beyond that, Tiger is also this khaki-wearing Stanford alum who's been hailed as a role model for kids.
3: But he was, like, at the center of this huge, huge sex scandal. But the
2: biggest contradiction of all is that he's been in the public eye for so long. But I would say that he's the most private superstar athlete alive. You know, our conversation just kind of left me wondering, what if the story of Tiger Woods that the media has been telling, what if it's been completely wrong? I mean, who is Tiger Woods?
3: This is All American from Stitcher, where every season, we tell you about a sports icon to find out what their story can tell us about America itself. Season one, Tiger.
2: There it is, a win for the agents. I had someone down in front of my house, they hit a pole. He was on Mount Everest, and now he's at the bottom of the ravine. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior.
1: Remember when everybody was talking shit on Tiger Woods, like, oh, blah, 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 blah this, blah, 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 that. And then he fucking came and won that
3: green jacket. See this coming? I did not see Tiger Woods winning the masses. I didn't see it. All American Tiger is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app.
0: Um. All right, let's get to the six K range and button up the DFS portion of tonight's show, Pat. Uh, I got I got four names that are popping for me. Four names. First one. uh, First two. No. Yeah, no, first one. Right there, um, where is it? Where did he go? Oh, yeah. Uh, Brendan Steele, $6,800. Mm-hmm. Tita to green game is really solid right now. Can't putt worth a plug nickel on bent grass, but here's hoping he can overcome. He's got 26 rounds at TPC Boston in his career, so he's played a lot. The course history is not great. But he's got experience here. So, I mean, that counts for something, despite it not being great. Um, but he, he does come here in good form. 22nd PGA, 13th at Memorial, 6th at the Travelers, just in his last four events. So give me some Brandon Steele at 6,800 in the upside that you have with him. He can score. We know that, too, about, about Brandon. Uh, then I'm going to go to Hendrik Norlander, who I hopped off of last week at the Wyndham. Finished T59. Didn't hurt me. He was a little chalky. But I think some folks are going to hop off the Norlander train in this stacked field. But I love the fact that you get him at 6,600, and he's just making cuts right now because he's so deadly tee to green. He's, he's kind of like – don't don't wig out. This is not overreaction theater time. But he's, he's a little bit like Morikawa. He doesn't hit the ball. <laughs> I – Hold on. A lot of people are he laughing
2: at that. <laughs> I, he
1: doesn't hit
0: the ball super far. He doesn't hit it far, but he's not short. He, he's you know he's two ninety. He can move it out there to three hundred, three oh five. When he, you know, um, but he doesn't miss a lot of fairways and he doesn't miss a lot of greens. He, he just he just doesn't. And so he doesn't get himself into a whole lot of trouble. He just can't putt, and he's a worse putter than Morikawa by far, and and probably doesn't have the short game. But I just like that. In a short field event, um, you know, I like, the, I like the opportunity to make the cut. And, you know, he still had some really solid, good finishes in some strong fields since the restart. Then I'm going to go to a boy who I love to play. I love to play this, this young man, uh, the Gooch. The Gooch is loose. Taylor with no Y, Gooch at 6,500, is a birdie machine. He's an aggressive young bomber. Uh, who can uh, great iron play? Um, sometimes he's a little erratic with, with the with the driver, so kind of kind of crazy. But I think the wider fairways will do him some good. Finished 25th last week. Um, good form coming in. You know, kind of kind of hit or miss. But when he makes a cut, he plays well. And we've seen him play well in tough fields. So give me some Taylor Gooch. And finally, all the way down at 6,300, a guy that I've enjoyed playing, and it tends to pay off. He's got a T fifteen last week and a T twelve at his at his turn at his event before that, and that is the Australian long hitting Cameron Davis, sixty three hundred, checks all the boxes, distance, strokes gain approach, greens and regulation, best putting surfaces bent. Cam Davis at sixty three hundred offers quite the upside um and, and scoring potential in a bomber on a course like this. So that's it.
1: Okay. Well, I I'm not in a ton of disagreement with any of those players. Um, I will mention with Norlander at least too that he is sitting at sixty eighth in the FedEx Cup standings. Mm. So he certainly would love to make it into the top seventy and then maybe give himself a shot an outside shot. By the way,
0: Taylor it. Gooch, sixty second.
1: Yeah. So I think that's something interesting about yeah. Norlander. Um, for me, I got a few guys here. They're mainly really up at the upper, like from 6,500 and above here. Um, but a guy that I've, I've liked, and he didn't play last week, he skipped last week, but I don't think it was really because of any injury type concerns. But that's Lanta Griffin at 6,700. I think he is a good play this week. He is amazingly enough. What is his number? Is he 12, 13? He's 12th. He is 12th in FedEx Cup points. He yeah, do you would love his fall. Yeah, I know he had a tr- fantastic fall, but I know he would love to get to you know, the Tour Championship and he's got a great shot to do it. I mean, like there there's people that could certainly move ahead of him, but I just feel like there's a lot of motivation for him this week. Um, he's made 18 of 24 cuts this year. The, the stats aren't going to wow you for for him but i just think lanta has a lot to to, to work for this week so i like him at 6700 i also like mckenzie hughes at 6700 right? i think he's another Duh. good play checks the box and birdie your better percentage um i feel like i just took that shot of ranch water again. he puts well on bent grass greens i think i think old mckenzie hughes is a good solid play this week um, and then he finished 13th back here in 2017, the last time he played here. So he played well here uh, back in 2017. So I like him as well. I like Richie Wierenski at 6,500, another guy that's, you know, wow. just coming in and in, in pretty decent form. Everybody wanted to talk about him for the PGA Championship. That was not the time to play him after his win. It didn't, it didn't That was not the type of course. But this course, I think, does fare well for him. Um you know, he, he's he's just he's had a pretty good solid year. So I like some Richie Wierenski. Last player I like who we saw play really well last week at sixty seven hundred as well. As you can tell I love that that range. And that is Denny McCarthy. I think it I think he is a wow. good player this week.
0: Also You're going with some short knockers, man. I don't care. Have you uh have you recently acquired a weed pin? I don't care. Denny is a good player. Top
1: ten last week, T fifty eight at the PGA Championship, which is, by the way, is another course where it, you know it really favored the the longer guys. I know he's straight, but whatever. Thirty uh, second in the three M T fifty eight at the Memorial. So I think Denny's just. Here's the thing that I like with some of these guys that I'm looking at in this this, this bottom range, is that. Please do tell. One of the things we've seen in the playoff events is you, you can get kind of a guy with a little bit of a hot hand, and they just they continue that through the playoffs. So, we'll see.
0: All right. Hey, speaking of hot, I don't know if the YouTube viewers have paid any attention, but this polo that I got on right now, pretty, pretty hot. Hmm. You know what I mean? TJ Polo. And if you're a Nut Hut member, you get 20% off of all tj.com purchases.
1: And I'm looking at the inventory, we have way more of those than we do of these what I'm wearing, which is only we have one left, I believe, as opposed to what – We
0: have you. one left in the one you're wearing. What size is it? Do you remember off the top I of your? head? I think
1: it's large, but I'm not positive. I could get a look at.
0: No, don't worry about it. All right, well. We both look we both look very hot in these in these Tour Junkies polos. People need to get on that. All right, Pat. Yeah. That uh, that takes care of the DFS portion. Let's talk some sports book outrights, some top 10 numbers, some top 20 numbers that are kind of catching our eye early on in the week, Monday night, as we sit here today. Um, you know, I think we, we talked about the golf course, we talked about TPC Boston, what it has produced in years past. It has produced primarily your short to mid odds winners other than Bryson who won at 100 to 1 in 2018 it's been basically your 40 50 to 1 or shorter um, you know with Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy winning you even got Ricky in 2015 who at that time was was probably a shorter number so you do you do tend to see the cream rise to the top which your boy DB hates weeks weeks like this i just it it could not be more opposite than last week at the Wyndham where we knew literally anyone in the field could have won even 500 to one gastroenterologist Dr. Jim Herman. Um, this week it is, it is not likely. So it pains me, but I'm gonna have to stay a little more disciplined this week with my picks. But I still have some triple digit numbers that I, I like right now. Um, so let, let's, let's start with the shorter numbers. And where are you looking to start, uh, kind of building an outright card for uh, for the Northern Trust?
1: Well, for me, I'm going to start with a guy we didn't mention at all on the show so far, and that is DJ at 22 to one. I mean, I think you're getting a, a guy, obviously a bomber. Um, you know, he has <clears throat> his history here is kind of been, from what I remember, well, actually, not bad. You look at the last three years that he's played yeah, here dj's
0: got a good record it, here. yeah
1: he's finished at the top 20 with a t8 in 2016 t7 in 2018 so i think at 22 to 1 that's a really good number for dj so i like that i mentioned earlier in the show that kyle morikawa at 25 to 1 i think is still a good number i like jason day at 26 to 1 i think he's another guy that can win here and has a great record here um can't lay you don't like but i still like that number at 35 to 1 i think that's good and if we're in the mid, like the mid range, I still like Hopland at fifty-five to one. I think that's a good number. There's a lot of guys actually. I could literally go through a ton that I think that in the mid to short end range that we have some really good betting odds on. Um, but those are off. Those are the the first ones that I wrote down as ones that I will be playing.
0: I definitely like Jason Day at twenty-six. That's as short as I'm gonna go, um, and, and even that just makes me kind of. You know, feel weird, um, but you know, you can't argue with what Jason Day's doing right now. And 26, I think, is going to be shorter come like Tuesday afternoon. I, I think that's going to be bet down considering his form. Uh, you know, his record here is good, and the course fit. Uh, 26 to one is a is a is an attractive number. I mean, that's yeah, that's a good number. Then. I'm gonna hop all the way back though to your 55. You mentioned Hovland. I like Scheffler instead. I just think from what we saw Scheffler do at the PGA, who by the way I mentioned this about Finau when we were talking about the DFS section, looked like he was ready to win on Sunday and kind of a you know kind of just looked different. Yeah. It, Scheffler had that look in his eye too. He, he just really didn't, did. He just didn't pull it off, but he did not seem phased whatsoever by the field, by the stage, by what was happening. Um, and, and the guys that the guys, a gamer, he hits it a long way and 55 to one is an interesting, an interesting number when we're seeing guys like more come out, rookies on tour, come out and do what they're doing. Wolf, you know, doing what he's doing. Uh, I I like that number and I prefer it over Hovland. If I'm going to pick one in this range, just, just for the very recent form in a big field, a big event, Scheffler's a little longer than Victor, um, you know, I, I, that that would be why I would pick him over Hovlin. Then I'm, you know, I'm we're crazy not to bet Matt Wolf at seventy to one on Draft. Currently, it's seventy to one on DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, in the other trusted sports book that we talk about weekly, that we feel like has the most accurate golf lines out there, doesn't necessarily mean you want to bet them. Uh, Matt Wolf is at 50 to 50 to one, fifty to one. He's at seventy to one on DK Sportsbook, so I've already put my bet down on Matt Wolf. I can tell you right now, um, he's going to be—he's already on the card at seventy to one because I think that number is going to get shorter. We talked about length being such an advantage here. He's playing so well, tough to tough to avoid that one. <clears throat> now, a guy that you mentioned in the DFS section that we never get right, and neither one of us are playing in DFS. Neither one of us ever play him in DFS. Mm-hmm. But why not throw a little half unit on Sung JM? At, at, yeah. at I mean Siwoo Kim, not Sung JM. Yeah, Siwoo Kim, I think you're right on Kim. Yeah. At 100 to 1. He's 100 to 1. He he battled back after that early double bogey on Sunday at the Wyndham. All could have won the Wyndham. Um and he's 100 to 1 in a field of 125. Like I don't know, like he's a, he's a bomber. Siwoo hits it a long way. He's aggressive. We saw that. A little too aggressive at the Wyndham. But you got wide open fairways here. He can rip it. Um, he's 82nd in the FedEx Cup. So he's got to have a good week to get to the top 70 and play the BMW next week. I think 100 to 1 is too attractive to pass up on Siwoo. And then just behind him at 110 to 1, I'm going to go with another bomber, probably the longest guy on tour. And Bryson would hate to hear this, but 110 to 1, Cam Champ. Um, Actually, he's already been bet down. So he was 110 to one this afternoon. He's now 100 to one on DraftKings. That's still a good number. Uh, 100 to one on DraftKings. Love Camp Champ. We saw him at the PGA. Could have won it on Sunday at the PGA. He's 90 to one on that trusted sports book that I mentioned earlier. So he's still a value despite already getting shorter from the afternoon. And then finally, my last one, I, I'm going to go deep. But if you're going to go this deep, you go with a guy who's played here a ton of times. Who's got a ton of experience, uh, and that is Phil Mickelson at 140 to one. Phil's flashed a little form, almost won the FedEx St. Jude two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Um, he's a bomber, aggressive. He can these wide open fairways will be nice for him. Can obviously putt really well on bent grass. 140 to one is worth a little, little sprinkle, little quarter unit, little half unit, whatever you want to do on Phil. Also 67th in the FedEx Cup, so just inside. The number for next week to make it to the BMW. So I'll go Phil. Um, you got any top tens or top twenties?
1: Well, I have other bets and you know outrights.
0: Oh, I thought you were done.
1: No, I just gave you the top end. I wasn't. I, I stopped at Hovland, uh-huh. but I had a well,
0: couple. More. Give them all to me.
1: Yeah. So I, I mentioned norin as a guy on the, in the DFS portion. I liked. I like him at hundred to one. I like Ben on at hundred and ten to one. I think that's a good number for him. I'm surprised you didn't mention our boy Joel Damon at 175 to one. I still think, even though he missed the cut last time he played here, I still think this is this is a good course that he can play well on, and we've seen him play well all year. And I just can't not bet him at least a little bit. Uh, And you know, obviously played well at the PGA Championships. I like him. And another guy at 175 to one who's had pretty good success here and good, you know. Um, decent course history and has been playing well. And that's Ryan Palmer at one hundred seventy-five to one. Oh. He, he would kill me to play him in DFS. But if I could put him at like a, like a few units on him to win at one hundred seventy-five to one, we we've seen him a can, few
0: units. I mean, like you know, like a, a like a like, like a, quarter, a quarter unit, like or something? a quarter.
1: Yeah, at one hundred seventy-five to one, I don't mind that as well. Um, as far as top tens and top twenties. Didn't mention him on the show, but I like Hadwin as a top 10 at 11 to 1. Obviously a great putter. Putts well on bent. I think he is a decent play. I like Mickelson. You know, I like him outright, but I don't mind the top 10 at 11 to 1 as well. I think that's that's something to look at. I don't really have any top 20s, but those are those are really the only two top 10s that I had.
0: Top, okay, I got a couple players I like both in top 10 and top 20 i like matt max homa who we haven't talked about one time Mm -hmm. but i like max he's 57th in the fedex cup right now got a chance to go as deep as he's ever gone in in the fedex cup playoffs 57th uh just kind of inside that 70 a little more comfy than some other players but still needs to have a good week he is 20 to 1 for a top 10 this is a guy who's won a big event at quail hollow who's uh you know played well in in uh big time events before just needs to put four together. I think 20 to 1 is a sizable top 10 number for Max Homa. He's he's 8 to 1 in the top 20 range. <clears throat> I, mean, I I think that's really solid for Gallagher. I don't, mind that. I don't Max.
1: Mind that at all. Yeah.
0: And then I'm going to go, these two guys, same odds, uh, both Taylor Gooch, who I mentioned in the DFS portion, and Joel Damon, who you just mentioned. I didn't have him outright, but um, but just because I to, to win is going to be tough um, on this course for Joel. But I do want a little bit of exposure to him. I mean, he's been playing so solid. I think a top 10, top 20 bet for both Gooch and Joel. Top 10, they're both 14 to 1. Well, that's that's pretty strong, and top twenty they're both six and a half to one. So Gooch and Damon, um, there. I, I do have one more top ten bet, and it's a player we have not looked at one time. But when I when okay when I go when I look at the top ten numbers, I scroll all the way to the bottom, and I start uh, at the, yeah, at the longest yeah, odds. Yeah, that's what I do too. F yeah. that five to one. Like, so I'm, I'm not doing, doing that. I'm
1: not, I agree. I'm not doing any of that.
0: Listen. I know that the best, the the, the smartest betters, golf betters, are gonna be way more responsible with the numbers they play. <laughs> that is not what we are here to give you. We are here to appeal to the less responsible, slightly more cowboy part of you that wants to 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 go a little bigger. Or maybe maybe we are the ones that kind of round out your card. Maybe you listen to somebody else who is really good at those shorter numbers and they make. They they make they get, they get more wins more frequently, and yeah. they build their bankroll. But but you, you want a little bit of a, a, a sprinkle with some of those longer. So you come to us for that, okay? That's what we're here for. I scroll all the way to the bottom of the top ten, and I start going. Give me the biggest number at a name that makes me go, ooh, you know? And another one more top ten that made me go, ooh, was Tom Lewis. At 16 to 1, top ten, the Euro... Tom Lewis who hits it a long way, has flashed some pretty solid form here of late, definitely disappointed me at the PGA, but before that was playing rather nicely. Sixteen to one as a top ten is uh is, is attractive for old Tom, not Morris Lewis. So there you go, Pat. Ready to uh button this up with the chunk and run? Yeah, I am. Uh I think so. You think so? Okay. Let's get to tonight's final segment, the chunk and run, where we talk one question that is golf related, anything golf, one question that has absolutely nothing to do with golf. And we try to have a little fun with this. These are listener submitted questions. By the way, we need more. We're running out. We have a big library, but we are running out of listener chunk and run questions. So we would love for you guys to chime in, gals, to chime in and email us your chunk and run suggestions at info at that is info at you can email us your chunk and run question again one about golf it could be dfs betting it could be not it could be real golf it could be just PJ tour anything and then one question about literally anything but golf all right um let's talk about our golf question first <clears throat> and then i'm going I'm to also read some tweets that we some responses we got yeah. on twitter because these are pretty funny all right. The question is: Who on the PGA Tour? It's, it's election season. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> oh God. Oh, um, great. I hope our I hope the country is still standing after November because yeah. no matter what happens, it's all going to be a disaster. Stay safe out there, kids. Stay don't safe. Wear a
1: mask, I guess, and and, yeah. and wear a mask
0: and a helmet. And probably.
1: I, I got goggles.
0: Yeah. Safety uh, safety gear. Um, who on the PGA Tour? would make the best president of the good old U.S. of A, and why? Pat, hmm. who would be... Now, I, I couldn't land on one. I kind of have a, a handful here. I do have a handful um, as well. Okay. And I think there's so Who who, who came mean. to mind when you thought about a presidential figure that is now on the PGA Tour? Who could pull it off?
1: I feel like this is very obvious, and I think we saw a little bit of this on Twitter, but because um, you posted something on Twitter, but... I'm going to go with Phil Mickelson. I mean, look, he's a guy that's, a, a, he's got a, a great personality. He pe- appeals to a lot of different people. Not everybody likes him, which is what happens with politicians. He's got just enough skeletons in his closet to be a, a good politician. Because you gotta, you got to have, like, a few. And he's yeah, just... Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He's got some skeletons.
1: Yeah, and, and he's just, um, he likes to, like, he likes people to like him. So like he's gonna probably say things that like like maybe sometimes he doesn't actually believe like a politician might, but he might just say it so people like like him. But I just think that I think I think Phil's probably one of the most obvious answers to this. Um, yeah. And he's a very likable person from in in general. like like I know some people hate him just like they might any other politician, but you know he he's sociable with the media. He's sociable with the public when he's walking around, you know, doing his thumbs up. I mean, he even does his thumbs up all the time, just like politicians do. Like he does that. That's too. true.
0: That's true. I didn't even think about like, that. He
1: does the whole politician it, thumbs up kind of thing. Like, like he. And does you
0: know, his first his first act of president would be to find the most the hottest press secretary to have ever been a press secretary. Which right now, right now the record is the current one. Well, Kayleigh. then he's gonna. He's got a. He's There's never been one hotter act. than her. Got a tough act but to follow. Phil would be like first order of business is on my watch, we're gonna have a smoke show as the press secretary. Yeah.
1: Tough act to follow, but that I agree with that. And he would just I don't know, but so I think Phil would probably be my first thought. Um, my other thoughts were a guy that I think like if I were to actually think a guy that could bring people together. And just because I love his personality, I love how he goes about things, and I think that people would just be drawn to him. And that's Tony Finau. I, I think Tony mm, yeah, Finau would yeah. be an excellent president of this country. I just, I just now. Yeah, but yeah, you but you can't to say he, could... don't throw that he's not a winner. Don't tell me that he's not a winner. He's me, not
0: though, and yeah. so he's gonna go to like he's gonna like go to the negotiating table with Jaina, and he's gonna we're gonna end up like. We're gonna be the United States of China. Like he's gonna just give it. Yeah, man. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. You know. I don't
1: know. I just, I just think that finao such a good dude. He's, t- and he's like,
0: too soft. He's too much of a good guy. Maybe so.
1: You so, gotta have
0: a little edge. Too. Okay,
1: my last one, and you mentioned him on the betting card actually just recently that I think could be a good, good president and kind of funny, but he's also uh-huh. like got a great personality, and that's Max Homa.
0: Yeah, I think I Max Homa yeah. could be a good
1: president. I mean, I really do. I think he could be a good president. He's got,
0: he's got the Twitter thing down right now. He's
1: got the Twitter thing down, like like you see with these these politicians these days.
0: He could roast. He could roast uh, foreign policies of other world <laughs> leaders. Yes,
1: yes, and but do it in a funny way where he's not like offending yeah. anybody. So yeah. like, I think I think that uh, Max Homa could be another guy. That I would, I would, I would, I could, I could vote for as president. So there you go. Those are, the, those are the three I had written down.
0: Yeah. So we we went along the same lines. So best all around, best all around. I actually wrote Phil. There's no, there's no, Phil would be the best one all around. He'd give you a little bit of everything, like we talked about. But I also have uh, the all vanilla team, that would just be very vanilla. And that's like Matt Kuchar, Zach Johnson, Billy Horschel. Uh, Charles Howell the third. Yeah, you know, I, I had, think Charles I had would probably CH3, be the best.
1: But I was like, there's, he doesn't have the. He's very articulate and very well spoken, but he doesn't have the personality where like to to grab. Oh, see, I think he does, man. But no, because you got to you got to think about your base. You got to grab. Yeah. You got to grab people from from outside of your base. I don't know if Charles Howell. Well, could
0: it's do the that. all vanilla team. It's just okay. they're gonna they're gonna just be. But so then I had the first team disruptors. These are the ones that are gonna disrupt a little bit. And I had Homa written down. I had Boo Weekly for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um and then I had our boy Joel Damon. I, I think Joel would actually be a pretty <laughs> probably a would be pretty pretty interesting president, um decision maker. Smoking hot mother-in-law. I don't know what that has to do anything with anything. Well, maybe his mother-in-law um,
1: could be the press secretary.
0: You just mentioned. Oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, she, yeah. She could double duty. Yeah. We'd probably get her for cheap. That's not a. That's not a. That's not a sexual joke. Um, <laughs> just saying she's she'd be related. Um, but you know, Joel like kind of kind of he doesn't take no he doesn't take no crap. You know he doesn't ta- he doesn't take stuff. So like he's gonna he's gonna he's tell just you gonna say on what's mind. on, on gonna, his mind. Yeah, he's, he's gonna get to it. You know what I mean. But at the same time, deep down, he's a caring guy. You know, he's, he's a caring guy. So, now, now let's, I, I do want to read. We had a couple of funny, uh, we had a couple of funny listener, uh, listener ones. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people said uh, John Daly. Wouldn't mind seeing John Daly smoking a Pall Mall bourbon in hand in the Oval Office, which is interesting. Um, this one was good. At Dino 22, Lucas Glover, nothing will scare that guy except his wife. That's probably true. So he's he's been hardened, you know. Now I did write down another disruptor would be Kevin Kisner, yeah. and a lot of people talked about Kisner. All Amer- Marcus Miklovich, our boy Marcus, all American guy, would be a bulldog in the trade deals. You know, he's a winner, and he can navigate tough situations like like being the chalk bomb and yet finishing like top ten. Would bring back the U.S. in USA, uh, us in the USA. Yep, and Phil would be his obvious VP choice. They they killed it at the President's Cup. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, lot of Boo Weekly, lots of Boo Weekly. Now, <laughs> uh, this was funny. Uh, at S at Seoul O two, Kucher. There would be there would no longer be US national debt by the end of the year. <laughs> Love that one. <laughs> I like that one. Kucher would be uh, this like the a,
1: worst president ever though.
0: This is a clever one from Russell in North Carolina. Jim Furyk, the PJ Tours all-time leader in driving accuracy. You know that he'll never go too far left or too far right. Okay. <laughs> also pretty clever. I like that. I like that. Uh, huh. uh, <laughs> And then another person says, uh, "Canadian Bengals fan says Jim Furyk because he sat next to George Washington in third grade. He learned a thing or two. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Pretty good okay. one. Okay. All right. Uh, we got our, some now. Our our boy Josh Kissler. He's always in for something interesting. Got to be Bryson. Who else is going to outmuscle Putin? Which is true. We need to. We need to." We need to be hard on on. I want to see paintings of shirtless President DeChambeau atop a wild Kodiak bear, a fearless lion, and a bucking bronco scattered about the White House and Oval Office. But no ants. God forbid we have an ant on or near 1600 Pennsylvania. See
1: Avenue. the the thing with Bryson, if he were president, you would never get anything done because they, he would like analyze every single aspect of every single decision and then like like nothing would ever get done like there would be can you imagine it'd be stalemate like constantly in the in the senate and the whatever else i mean there would just be there you couldn't get anything done with him because then he would like he would create do you know how many task force forces that he would create like the fire ant task force. Like there would be so many. Ta- like he'd spent all his day just saying, okay, wait, we need a task force for fire ants on golf courses. You know, we need a task yeah. force for how many uh, protein shakes people should drink during a day, like like, and dietary reasons and all this kind of stuff. Like it'd be way too much for him. It'd be it'd be yeah, for yeah, that.
0: Um, this one this one was funny. Th- this was really funny. Uh, at Scott Hetzer, Patrick Reed. But we all know the first lady would be calling the shots. Yeah. True. Yeah. We know that. Um, that is... That's it. Yep, so that was fun. Good job. Good nice, job. Nice work. So let us Glisters. know. Maybe if you're watching on YouTube, reply in the comments who you think should be the PJ Tour president. Now, the final segment of tonight's show. This is fun for me. It was fun for me. This was fun the for me, The question is... <laughs> If you could know three stats, now I gotta say I did a couple more, but if you could know at least three stats from your co-hosts' daily life, what would you want to know? So, if I could know three things about Pat's daily life in statistic form, what would they be? I guess I'll start since you start the you started the last one. Um, this is uh this is this was fun for me. And these are very serious. I, I really, really want to know these. Number one is the number of offenses, number of times Pat feels offended or wants to be a bitch boy. The, I would the number of little bitty times. It could be it could be as big as I pissed him off because I said something or I didn't say something very rude, or it could be his wife, or it could be a squirrel, an indecisive squirrel that darted across the road that made him slam on brakes that made his coffee, you know, and now he's pissed at the squirrel. Mm. Or it could be a lady jogging in his gated community that is maybe jogging down the wrong side of the street. It could be someone who didn't put their cart up at the grocery store parking lot and Pat is offended AF at that person. I just want to know daily count of of how many times Pat is offended. Uh, this one, I, I seriously, this is actually one I want to know more than any. <laughs> and this may surprise you. I would love to know how many times Pat does this with his sleeves i would love to know how many times pat pulls his his shirt sleeve up it's a lot <laughs> it, it is constant well it's more I mean, I on the show
1: love, actually more on the show than i would it is love in to real know. life. So, like are you
0: letting the are you just trying to show the guns off like what are we doing here what is this about i don't
1: know you know i don't know if you you're a big uh you're not, a, I'm not like a huge Clay Travis fan, but if you notice, he does that too. I don't know what that is, why I do that. What?
0: <laughs> no, he does it. Does he Yes, really? he does.
1: Watch it. Watch it now. From now on, you will notice it. Um, I don't know why I do that. So, uh, We're not asking for answers right now, by the way, are we? So I'm just... No, right. no, no, no. Okay.
0: Uh, Third, I would like to know the number of words that you speak to yourself. I don't know. I just feel like you, like, give me a word count of how many times, of... of of word count that Pat only... They said out loud only to himself. Probably a lot of times about being offended at something, but just the thinking, the pontificating out loud. I would just want like mm. a word count of, of that.
1: That's a lot.
0: Um, Hours. I would like to know the number of hours spent scrolling Twitter and IG, Instagram, without adding any content. That would be something that I could use in the Tour Junkies Enterprises to be able to say, Pat... Now let's 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 coach. Let's have a coaching session here, buddy. You were on the Twitter and Instagram for seven hours and twenty minutes today, and you only posted one thing about vitriolic media members at ten forty-four p.m. <laughs> Can you tell me why that was the only thing that you posted? Because that was the only um, time that I felt
1: passionate about it. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then finally, the uh, the last thing is just like a. Uh, And this is just really to to help you, because honestly, you know, we've talked about, I'm trying to to help you out. Just like the caloric and sugar and carb count on drinks alone. Just what would that be for just drinks? That could be coffee, that could be Cokes, that could be rosé, bourbon. I would like to have a daily report of Pat's caloric intake, his sugar and carbs so that I could keep him here for longer. We all want Pat here longer. So I would want that so I could just be like, hey, Pat, you could have eaten freaking four Big Macs today and come out better than the bottle of rosé that you took down while you were making the one tweet in the seven hours and 20 minutes. (laughs) Well,
1: I can say, I could actually answer that one that that would surprise people, and so that's why I want to answer it, is that the caloric intake from the sugar and whatever else comes from the rosé... And the whatever else, it does not come from my daily intake of a diet. Like, I don't drink any soft drinks, so I don't drink like cokes and things with sugar. I drink water. No, I drink water a lot during the day, so I don't really. Um, there's not a whole lot of sugar intake from my point, my standpoint, from a drinks and food. Maybe maybe there's some foods that I eat that I don't know have a lot of sugar in it, but there's really not. I'm not a big sugar. Fan. Uh, i kind of try to keep it out of my diet so that's just for you to know
0: that's good um, good for you buddy all right what you got all right, so I'll,
1: i'm gonna start i got several too. i <laughs> i'd like to know like how many selfies you take in a day like i wonder like how many selfies you take in a day but then also how many filters does it take to like get the selfie right so like i would wonder i just kind of wonder about that dude and um, like I feel like there's, there's a lot of selfies that are taken and a lot of filter that's being put in there. Um, the second one I would put in is how many times do you check Pat McAfee's Twitter account? <laughs> um, because, I checked it today <laughs> because DB is obsessed with to Pat see if McAfee he still follows us. And like, like yeah. how many times do you want to do like anything with him? Instagram, Twitter. I don't even
0: whatever. do. Believe it or not, I don't do that once a day. In terms of checking to see if he still follows us, I, I only do that maybe once a week. Okay, but I, I read all his tweets. Yes.
1: Speaking of that, I also wondered um, because I was doing this the other day. I was trying to hang a picture, and you know how they have this, um, like, a stud finder? It's an electronic stud finder that you can, like, run across a wall and find out where the stud is? Like, I wondered if, like, how many times in your lifetime have you pointed the stud finder at yourself... And like
0: wondered so if it stupid. like wondered if That's it like lit joke. up like wondered if it you lit thought up. of that because you've done that like, I like, swear like, to does you does it you've lit done up that. does it light up when you point the stud finder at yourself you're lit up is what is happening <laughs> right now I, I have never done that
3: the
1: last thing though was how many YouTube videos has DB looked at as far as trying to figure out the early extension golf swing. And how to prevent <laughs> it from, that from happening? I mean, how many ha- sure. how many YouTube golf instructional videos have you watched? Not just with early in- early extension, but like in
0: general. Yeah.
1: Like, have you like you've probably gone down the 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 wormhole
0: of YouTube videos you, for that? Pre pre quarantine, there was it wasn't many. It was it probably was less than ten. Quarantine hit. And I had not much to do, and I, I went down it. Mm-hmm. I, I went very, very deep. And I'm shocked that you even said that, because when I do it, I look on my own YouTube channel. I don't look on Tour Junkies' YouTube channel. Oh, yeah, I know. So, so you, wouldn't, you wouldn't see the history. I didn't see it. I just know I, you. <laughs> Guilty as charged. <laughs> Guilty as charged. All right, um, I think, by the way, since you started talking, your sleeve adjustment count is four. Uh. Um. According, yeah. It's it's just forces. And I don't mean since you started talking at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. I meant since you started talking about. I do I that do that, I that a lot on the me. golf
1: course, too. I, mean, I just, I don't know what it is.
0: You do. You do. Actually, watch
1: um, other golfers. They do it a lot. It's like it's not like a, a Pat thing. It's yeah, like,
0: Patrick Reed does it. So if you want to be like him, oh, sure. Great. Um, I didn't know. Well, and that. I think on the golf course, it, it, it has a little something to do with, like, you can kind of tuck your, like, I know guys that, and I've done this because I've actually seen this as a YouTube tip. Uh, if you, <laughs> Speaking you know, you, of YouTube, yeah. You do this and you kind of pinch the, the fabric in that right elbow so you kind of feel like, and you want to maintain that feeling so that you kind of stay connected, which I don't, but you, you, that's, that's the point. So, um, anyway. All right, good show tonight. Thanks everybody for watching. Thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate it. I uh, hope you guys have a wonderful week, the first playoff event of the FedEx Cup. Check out tourjunkies.com. We got all the free content coming your way. Join the Nut Hut. Let's have a great week. May your screens be green. See ya. Oh!